This message today is called A Little Bit of Love, and I'll explain that because I was uh, thinking about kind of your first thought of, of somebody who's single, and it's funny because a couple of questions that came in kind of hit on this. They were like, you know, I feel like I feel weird. I feel like something's wrong, and, and uh, you know, I started thinking about Frozen, you know, my favorite movie, Frozen, and I started thinking about how they're like, they're, they're at the, the, I don't even know what they're called, the rock people? What, trolls? Is, is it really trolls? Apparently, apparently I need to watch it again, right? Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about he's a bit of a fixer-upper, right? And, and I, I, I was even going to, like, get up and, and sing the song, but I'm going to spare you all this morning. But it, it's, it's a little bit of a fixer-upper, and I think that's normal to, to kind of think about that. But before we get any further, I want to give you the first question. And the reason why I want to do this is because my message is going to be separated in the parts because the other questions that we received kind of could be grouped into one. And I, I, I was able to take the, uh, the answers to the question and kind of make a sermon off of it. But this was kind of uh, a different one, but I also think it's an important one. And so this is kind of like my, my little sermonette before the sermon, right? And the first question is, if I break up with someone I go to church with, do I need to just find a new church so it's not awkward? What a great question. Um, I'll tell you this. Let me, let me encourage you, and this is for anybody. Pray. And be open to what God has to tell you. Listen, see, some of y'all might have just heard pray. <laughs> but be open to what God and the Holy Spirit has to tell you. Because I believe that, that man, there was just some, just being able to ask God what he wants, there is something in that. And I believe that God honors that. I believe that God moves in that. And, and furthermore, if you have an awkward situation because of, of something, if you honor God by asking him what he wants to do and to move in that, don't you think he will? Come on, somebody that says, I know he'll do it. <laughs> but let's just say, okay, you've prayed, you feel released. I want to talk to you about how to handle this right in the first place. First of all, come on, <laughs> own your piece of the pie. Own your piece of the pie, right? Because when you're ready to leave and when you're going through stuff, it's easy to blame other people it's not so easy to open up your own book, right? And so I want to encourage you to own the piece of the pie. Ask God to show you what part of the awkward situation has to do with you and what part is related to others. And I would also encourage you to go to someone in leadership or someone like a mentor or a pastor or someone and talk to them correctly, not in like a gossipy, I want to I just destroy the other person, but in a way that's basically going and saying, listen, what part of this problem is is something that, that's in me, and be open to that. Be open to what the pastor or what the leader, what the mentor will tell you because there's a lot of wisdom in that counsel. Great things, listen to me, church, great things come with having honest conversations about ourselves and being able to take responsibility. Amen? All right. The next thing is obviously we've, we've talked about talking to someone, but you know, if, if you're not going to necessarily go to a leader, let me encourage you to just talk to somebody. 
Talk to somebody that, that you feel comfortable talking with. I know a lot of the times I have friends um, that I can just be open with, can, and, and you need that in your life. Can I just be honest with you? You need friends that you can feel safe to open up too. And, and I got some good friends that tell me I'm an idiot. Sometimes they'll just hug me. Sometimes they'll tell me, man, that's good, you know. Um, but I've got some friends like that, and I want to encourage you to have some people like that because here's what often happens. People will leave without having a genuine, healthy conversation, and what happens is they just slip out. And Pastor Josh has hit on this a couple of times, but right now the average church attendee will come every four to six weeks. So that means there's a great chance that if you just slip out, there's at least going to be a month go by before anybody notices. And listen, this is when the, the enemy will come to you and, and, and they'll start to see that, that you're hurt, start to see that little bit of bitterness. And next thing you know, that church didn't care about me. They didn't call me. They didn't so much as do anything. I gave years of my life to that church and they didn't even notice. And I want to tell you that uh, a lot of times it's not that. It's not that at all. It's a, a lot of times maybe we didn't know yet. <laughs> and so I want to encourage you to not just slip out. Amen? I want to, uh, another thing I want you to, to take into consideration is to clarify the problem. Um, most people leave over one of two reasons. that it, It's misunderstanding or misalignment. And I want to tell you that misunderstanding can be summed up and cleared up by having a conversation, getting an apology. And listen, those things will move a person from being upset to being at peace very quickly. It'll take an awkward situation and just diffuse it. And, and honestly, that's just, man, that's what the church is supposed to be. Amen. The, the, the church is not like we're just humans trying to love God. And, and so the church should look like a bunch of humans trying to love God. Right. Not not like a bunch of people that's pretending to be people that love God. Mm, I got to stop right there. Um, but misalignment's another issue, because in all my years of ministry, I've never seen a misaligned person thrive. And so if you've gotten to the point to where you're misaligned, then I encourage you to, to take a step back out of it. And maybe it is time for you to go somewhere where you can thrive and where you can be uh, someone that, that loves Jesus and is running after Jesus. Does that make sense to you this morning? Um, and then one other thing, leave with grace. <laughs> Come on, leave with grace, leave well. You don't wanna burn relational bridges and, and I'll tell you one of the, this is a good practice. You might want to write this down. If you're listening on podcast, just go ahead and rewind this. Listen to it a couple of times. Listen, ask yourself, in five years, will I have done the same thing? Would I have left the same way? Would I have said the same things? I'll be honest, some of us, I got Facebook. Some of us need to do that before we post. Come on now. Some of us need to do that before we even put anything out there. And I'll even, I'll pick on me as an example, right? I have this app called Time Hop. Chances are you've heard of it. You use it. It's awesome because it brings up all my old pictures of my kids that make me cry because of how big they are and all these memories and all these times of, of me and my wife and all this good food that I'm eating. But it also brings up posts from 10 years ago me. 
And I want to tell you, 10 years ago, me didn't always ask himself if he should post this. And, and, if he, and if he would still post it, if he was older and wiser. So I want to encourage you to ask that question because that question clarifies so much. And then this is the last thing I want you to do. Find and commit to another local church. Find and commit to another local church that you can give, that you can love, that you can serve, that you can invite people, and that you can tell people about the life-changing power of Christ in you and that you could show that because that is what we're called to do. We're not called to consume the church. We're called to be the church. I've never seen anybody that's gotten, if they leave a church or they leave a position, I've never seen anybody go to another local church, get involved, and start thriving, and then have, have this big backsliding moment. Never in my entire life. I have seen people that slipped out because they don't have accountability. I've seen people that leave and they, they didn't get involved in another local church. I've seen it. I've seen it, but I've never seen anybody that just is, is actually, man, God, do what you want us to do. Lead us to this place. I've never seen anybody like that struggle. Amen? So that's kind of my, my answer to that one and, and my little mini sermonette. The next couple of questions, they're kind of similar. And to be honest with you, we, we summed up a lot of them because we saw that they were kind of asking the same things or that they could be summed up in the same answers. And so we took a couple of them. And what I did is I wrote them down, I answered them, I waited five years and asked myself, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I answered them, and then I took it, and I, I, I started to build the sermon based off of these answers to get deeper. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the questions, I'm going to give you the answers, and then we're going to dive in to the sermon. Amen? Can you all follow me for a little bit? This is how I got started. This is, this is my brain. The second question that I wanted to deal with today, all these are kind of, kind of similar, and so that's why we, we kind of broke them up. But number two was, how do I deal with my desire to be married and keep it under control? Let me tell you how to do that. Find you somebody who's been divorced or been married for a long time and pick their brain. Find out what you need to do. Find out what you need to be ready for. Find out what they have to tell you and be ready to, to listen. The next question is, how can I avoid getting hurt while dating? It hasn't worked out for me so great in the past. I had a youth pastor, and he, he is not currently in this room right now, but he does go to this church, and I remember he, he was a great mentor, Pastor Lance. Y'all know our history. I, I served in ministry for a long time with him. And I remember one of the things he used to say, and I'm pretty sure this is word for word, but it, I might be off a little bit, but he used to look at people and say, don't date till you're ready to get married. And I used to look at him, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. How are you going to know if you're, but listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down a little bit more later. But he said, don't date until you're ready for marriage because people marry like they date. And see, what happens when we date is a lot of the times we don't court people. We don't get to know them. We, don't, we think they're hot and we want to get with them. 
right? If we're just being honest with, with each other this morning. And so a lot of this, um, it, it, we, we go into marriage thinking like, well, if I decide that I don't like it anymore, I can just end it, just like dating. And, and, and so I want you to be ready for marriage before you start dating and, and not just jump into it because you're lonely. Amen? Come on now. Don't just jump into it because you're lonely. Um, and then the fourth question is, what advice can you give on dating versus waiting on God's will? Become the type of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Because that's what you're going to attract. Where you're at, what you do with your life, your character, all of these things attract. And so when you're ready to start making that step and you're looking for someone, be the answer to their prayers. Be the answer to the thing that they're looking for. Amen? Now we're going to dive into this a little bit deeper. Um, I started looking at what the the Bible says about relationships and what it talks about being single. And, and honestly, there's some good stuff in there. Um, Paul writes some good stuff that, that just, well, it, it's kind of like if you don't read your Bible, if you go and read that, it might surprise you what Paul says about, about being single and being prepared and, and being able to focus on, on, on the things of God as opposed to the things that come along with being a family person. And, and um, it's great, just a great read. So I encourage encourage you to, to read that for yourself. Just do, do a search of what Paul has to say and, and listen to Paul because he's a pretty smart guy. Um, but I wanted to go in a little bit different direction because I, I really, I was like, God, what, if these are the answers to the questions, what would you have me say to the people? And um, I started noticing that, that the Bible talks a lot more about the individual than it does the relationship. Um, even when you start breaking down the, the church, how the church is, uh, the, the, uh, kind of how the church is, uh, is symbolic of marriage and, and even marriage and stuff like that, it, it, it's very clear to, to work on yourself and to work on you and then, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so I want to I wanna encourage you to, to just work on yourself first. But here's the problem with that is oftentimes in our culture, and we're just surrounded by this kind of stuff, that marriage is kind of like the cornerstone. It's the end all. It's, it's the goal of everything. And, 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 you know, a lot of that is even church, talking about the family and stuff like that. But if you go back and look at creation, the first thing that God created was not marriage. <laughs> the first thing that, that God created was, was everything. He, he, he created everything, and then he created marriage. And he, he, he said that it's not good to be alone. And that's, that's important, but it's not the first thing that he created. And listen, I just want to go ahead and disarm you. This is not going to be like an anti-marriage thing. This is not going to be permission for you to get divorced if you're having some marriage issues. This is not me trying to scare single people away from this. This is more me trying to tell you what, what some things that you can practice right now that will prepare you and get you ready for when that time comes. And I can honestly tell you that I love my wife. I love my family so bad that, that like 
you know, I don't hang out a lot because I always just enjoy, I enjoy playing video games or eating popcorn with my wife and, and, and stuff like that just as much as I do hanging out with friends. And, you know, it even gets me in trouble sometimes because I'll have homework to do and, uh, and I'll rather be hanging out with my family or I'll rather go do something. I'd rather go make memories than I would have to tell them, hey, I need to kind of separate and go. So it gets me in trouble. So listen, I love my family with all of my heart, with everything. It is awesome. But we start to look at the landscape of relationships and we start to see rom-coms and, and uh, fairy tales and books and songs and everything kind of uh, is geared towards like this is the end all. You know, this is where we're going. Little kids grow up playing house. They, they grow up playing with Barbie and Ken. Like my, my daughter, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just being a, a girl. She is, has it built in and wired that she looks for, for the family. She looks for the baby dolls and she, she's, she's not not even two yet. She's looking for Barbie dolls. And I'm like, listen, you've got to slow down. But that's what our culture is, right? That's normal in our culture. And we see this in church culture sometimes. Like if somebody's single or they're, they're not married, especially if they're a little bit older, you know, that's when you get the people like, oh, you're 35. You're not married. What's wrong? <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit of a fixer upper, failure to launch, huh? Right? Or, or even, <laughs> even more, like, you, you start to see people, and, and it's kind of became such a normal part that it's kind of became joking, and, and, and it's kind of became something that we laugh at, but we're also used to. Like, I, I'm sure some of y'all have seen a movie about this, or heard a song about this, or, or done something about this, and it's such a normal part, but I want to tell you about the other side of this, and the other side of this is where people are feeling that because they're single, they're not enough. Because they, they're, they're single, they're, they feel like they're not a whole person, that they're missing something, that they're only half complete, and then they start to believe that if I'm not married, I'm not enough, and so they start to live their life thinking that they're not enough, and so they look for somebody that's going to complete them. And I could tell you that when it comes to relationships, listen to me, church, it does not take two half people to make a whole person. You're just going to get a broken relationship if you take two half people. You take two whole people to make a whole person. That's, that's Bible math. That's Bible math, right? Um, but, but listen, there's not a time like being single, and this is kind of what I was alluding to that, that Paul said, because you only have yourself to worry about. You have yourself to be responsible for. You have yourself to, to grow with God, and you have just this time to be able to say, hey, Listen, I'm, I don't have anything. <laughs> do, do with me what you want to. But um, a lot of us negate that season of our life because we're trying to get something. And can I just flip this a little bit? Something that we may not even be ready for yet. Come on now. That we may not even be ready for. See, a lot of us see the look of marriage and the appeal of marriage and the good side of marriage, the Instagram view of marriage, and we want that. But I can tell you that it's in the season of being single that God will use to build you into the person that can have that marriage. 
that can be the, the, the spouse that can lead that family, can be the spouse that says, you know what, I, I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to work on myself. Man, can I just tell you how many relationships, I, the world would be different if, if we could get that, if we could grasp that and how we deal with people, if we could deal with ourselves first. And so it's important for you to have this season of your life because a lot of us assume that we know what it takes but I, I don't think you have an idea yet, <laughs> amen, right? I, I, like, I, I thought I was ready um, to have kids, and I'd just like to tell you that I don't know that you're ever ready to have kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Kids are amazing, but I don't know that you could ever really prepare for that. Um, and marriage is a lot the same way, but however, I do think God can prepare you. I do think God can show you, and, and I want to tell you, and this probably won't surprise you, and it may not even make people sad in this place, but 50% of marriages end in divorce. There's no difference in that number in the church either. So that means that 50% of marriages in or out of the church end in divorce. And, and, and see, I say that it may not even make you sad because we live in a culture where we can drive down the road and see $400 uncontested divorce billboards, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just kind of, we, we've got this thing where it's easy to get out of and we don't take it seriously. However, God says that this covenant you should take seriously and you should not enter into it unless you're serious about it. But most people are, are sick of being single. Most people are sick of being alone. And I remember, I'm going to be brutally honest about when I was single um, I was sick of myself, <laughs> and, and honestly, I'd go out on a limb and say probably a lot of people that are single today and struggling with this are probably sick of themselves. They're, they're probably sick of themselves because they're, they're, they're not focused on the correct things in this season. Um, they think that being with somebody will fix this, <laughs> and, and, and I told you that earlier who you are attracts a certain type of people and so all you're gonna do is attract somebody who's feeling the same way and then you're gonna end up with two people that are just sick y'all right and, and, and just just do it and this is where the church a lot of the times we don't take the time and the preparation and so we spend a lot of our time in maintenance and healing and I believe that God is strong enough to heal a marriage. I believe that God is powerful enough to heal a marriage. I believe he wants to heal our marriages. What if we were prepared for it before we ever took that step? Both of y'all about to be sick. <laughs> um, and if married people were going to be honest in this place, like nobody's wanting to make eye contact with me now, you know, it, it's like, oh God, what's he going to say? If we're to be honest, most of us don't start working on ourselves until we're married. We start, it, it, it's after we get married that we start to say, oh God, no, no, I just need some time to work on myself. No, homie. No, you don't, because being in a family and having a, a, a spouse is different. Your roles change. Your responsibilities change. And, and, and really, to be honest, if you don't take time to be single, you're not going to be able to do it when you're married. 
You're not going to be able to do it when you're married. And so this stuff is constantly in conflict because that's a lot of the times when we're like, oh gosh, something in me needs to change, which is a, a good place to come, but maybe, maybe we could have done it years ago. And I believe that God is faithful and God can, can change you, but what if he prepared you? What if he prepared you? You have other people you become responsible for, other people that you have to lead, but yet you took for granted the time that God was trying to turn you into a good spouse, a good parent, a, 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 good, a good husband, a good wife. And I want to ask you this question. <laughs> if you don't take time to get to know yourself, how will you even know what you want in marriage? How will you even know that you're going to choose the right person? Right? Now, I was like, I actually have in my notes right here because I was like, it's going to be quiet, but y'all are, listen, y'all are getting it. Um, and I'm not coming after anybody today. I don't want you to feel like I'm coming after anybody. I wish that when I was single, I would have taken this advice. I wish that I would have heard, you know, just the voice of God and spent more time focusing on me than I did. Because honestly, I think a lot of stuff that I went through in my early marriage was a direct result of me not being in the process that God wanted me to be in before I got married. Amen? Um, so I'm not coming after you today. I remember being single. I remember feeling so alone, and I, I'm so thankful for Pastor Lance because I remember when uh, at one point he told me to slow down, slow down and work on me. And then I remember when he told me, you know, I think, I think you're good. I think you're ready. I remember that. I remember the conversation. I remember when I was standing, when I fainted after he told me that. Um, and, and on Bright Star Road, I remember that. And I had, I had just really started um, getting to know Rachel and, and, and stuff like that. I remember, I, I remember that's when it clicked with me <laughs> to slow down, work on me, and, and then, you know, being, being, being ready now, I mentioned earlier that <laughs> to talk to someone who's been through a divorce, I would even dare to say that someone who's been through a cordial divorce would get up and say how devastating it was and how hard it was and how, how bad it, it, it hurt, how bad it hurt them, how much had to heal, how bad they knew that it hurt other people, how bad it hurts your family. Um, and, and, and again, this is in a cordial <laughs> situation, or the, uh, I think that a lot of times they would probably look at you and say, hey, be ready for this. Be serious about this. Be ready to work at it, because if you're not ready to work at it, that's when things get hard. And see, in our culture, when things get hard, hard we can always just get away from it. And that's not what God tells you to do. That's not what the Bible tells you to do. And honestly, we have a lot of broken people in, in, in our culture now because people look at it like that. People look at it like that. Um, I think God can heal broken marriages. I think God can, can heal relationships. But building a house on a good foundation is good for a reason, and it's true in relationships as well. Um, I want to look at the Bible. Band, if you'll come on and, and just kind of get up here and prepare to play. Um, I want to look at the Bible, and I, I didn't go to the, the typical scripture, you know, that I was talking about that Paul writes and the typical things. I, God showed me this, and I really wanted to, to show you this 
today. And this really could be for anybody. And that's why I said, if you're not single in this place, please don't disengage because this is, the, the scripture is life-changing. And this scripture is probably one that we could all quote, you know, as found in uh, Matthew 22. We're going to start at verse 36. It says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Next slide, please, gentlemen. Thank you. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what does that have to do with being single, Pastor Jeremy? I don't get it. What are you doing here? Um, <laughs> let's, let's go back and, re and read it again. Let's, let, can you put that back up there for me, guys? Teacher, which is the most important commandment? Now, listen to what's being asked here. Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then he says, but there's a second, and it is equally as important. See, a lot of us don't slow down to get that right there. We look at it as boom, boom, <laughs> right? Love the Lord, your God. But he's saying this is equally as important. Put that, put that verse up there. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, who is my neighbor? The Bible talks about that. The, the, the neighbor, who, who is your neighbor? Anyone you come in contact with is your neighbor, which is going to include all the relationships you're in, all the things that, all the people that you're gonna, that you're gonna come in contact with. And I want to ask you today, church, how can you love someone if you've never taken the time to learn how to love yourself? If you don't take the time to learn how to love God with all your heart, how can you say that you can love anyone else? So I want to encourage you today that if this is you and you're in this season, listen, I don't, I don't take away from how hard that it is, especially in a, in a, in a culture that does look at it like something's wrong and, and chances are you've probably adopted that and you feel lonely and you don't understand, especially if you're starting to get older. And I want to tell you that there's something that God is wanting to show you and God's wanting to teach you. Think of all the times that, that God has used the wilderness to set people free. God has used the wilderness to prepare people. God has used the quiet times to get people ready for the loud times. Um, but so many people skip the process and go to, straight to trying to love someone else before they're ready and they rush into these situations, and that's when things go bad. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes.